Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's May 5th, 2021, and this is episode 70. Allie, uh, it's been so busy, we actually had to had to miss an episode last week because we were busy in the field. And I think, um, you know, in my my career, this will probably be a year I remember. Just uh, we started really early and I think I want to say in our area around April 5th, we started, you know, seeing a couple planters go more of just kind of testing things out. And I don't think there was maybe one or two days in that stretch, if any, that we didn't plant until the rain that we had Sunday night. And I would say, you know, probably kind of sitting on a same point of maybe some of the best planting progress we've had maybe ever in Southeast Minnesota. Yeah, it's been an excellent pace across the area, like you said. And then just these unprecedented conditions. I mean, it's been a unique year in a good way. It's turned out to be a good way, especially getting moisture when we've needed it the most. Um, and I think it'll be interesting, too. You talk about, you know, we started in that April 5th window. I kind of think we'll call that like our ultra early planting window. And then everything else was still in an early planted window. So certainly a unique year that way. Um, we've been out able to make some assessments on just how some of those early planted corn and beans are coming along. And it's been nice to see them progressing in the right direction across, across the area, really. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. And, um, you know, some of the, the April 5th planted corn is just spiking through, which is good to see that, um, you know, not quite far enough along to give it, uh, maybe a grade of, of a final stand count yet, but I think in the, the coming days here, another five, six days, we might be able to, to take a look at that, but good to see, obviously that'll kind of be the next phase is getting out and looking at more of that as, as we wrap up. But you, know, you talked about the conditions and it, it's been a, you know, kind of, it seemed like, I don't know if we've really had a planning window here since we've started that haven't had some concern. Uh, obviously we started early. We had some warm weather. Uh, soils have been fit for quite some time. And then we were concerned about the cold, which that's something that we always have a phase that we go through that. And, and I kind of told a lot of growers, I felt like that that cold spell we had that we were debating what to do was just going to be the bridge to the next challenge and and that being soil moisture. And I think when it's all said and done, we probably probably talked more and had more concerns about soil moisture than what we did the cold alley. And, um, you know, kind of a situation that maybe, you know, on even any planting season, you normally don't see it's dry, but especially in Southeast Minnesota, seeing it get this dry in April. And that definitely led to a lot of challenges and, uh, you know, had to make a lot of adjustments along the way. Yeah, so we... Obviously, we wanted to make sure we were planting to moisture. That became kind of the biggest name of the game here as we were working with fit conditions, but obviously abnormally dry. I think the most unique scenario was guys, you know, coming out of corn. Obviously, they were at least two inches deep, probably more in most cases. And as they rolled into soybeans, they were probably keeping that similar planting depth as they were planting corn. Um, same same depth planting beans. Some were able to maybe shallow up a little bit to that moisture line, but I think, you know, your take on we planted beans a little bit deeper than we we normally would. Any issues at this point you think could be coming down the line or that was probably the right thing to do? Yeah, I think probably the right thing to do. And the reason I say that is we did have some beans going really early as well around that April 15, 16 time frame. And if growers were using a drill where you can see a little bit more variability in depth, it seemed like if we were inch and a half or deeper, we got it to germ. Anything that was an inch and a quarter or less was just kind of sitting there hanging out. And it was probably still hanging out until this rain uh, that we had Sunday night. Now it will progress. But, um, you know, the rain we had Sunday, in some cases, it came down maybe a little harder, a little bit more than what we'd like to see. But um, if we would have missed that rain, I, I think we would have um, kind of had a little bit of a code red pandemonium, I think is what I, I called it, Allie. And uh, it, it would have been concerning that, you know, there, there was some corn and, and some beans sitting in some dry dirt that, 
heading out and buy water that had been in the ground for a little while. And now I feel really good that for the most part, all the crop we got in, we got enough rain. Uh, we should be able to buy all that. And I think we'll still uh, overall have a pretty good chance to get even, uh, pretty even emergence. But, you know, there likely will be a field or two alley. We'll find that we're maybe playing a little bit too shallow or it had some variable conditions. Uh, corn on corn has been tough with the residue. Um, you, you could see that in some cases we were a good two, two and a quarter inches. We had moisture, but if we got stuck around some trash or residue, uh, you know, we could see some seeds shallowed up and we're maybe uh, kind of not, not inviting water quite as fast, but um, obviously that'll start to balance out and hopefully uh, we can keep everything within a collar or two here and not have a big issue. And, uh, and I think, you know, some heavy rain will, you know, I don't think we'll have a crusting issue alley with the cool temps we have coming, but that might be something maybe a week from now we'll have to be looking at. Because uh, obviously in some cases that rain came pretty hard, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half inches. And um, that might be something we have to monitor to see if the ground gets hard. But I think the cooler temperatures might divert that uh, a little bit. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. You know, did have another question that we might have to roll into segment two here. But, you know, talking about these dry conditions before we got this rain this past weekend, you know, a lot of folks are thinking about some of these nitrogen applications that were surface applied specifically, you know, maybe UAN. Um any, I think we're all about setting expectations. So, you know, how should we be setting expectations at this point, knowing how long some of that surface applied end sat, sat on the surface? Yeah, I have concerns about it. Um, in some cases, you know, hopefully growers were adding urease inhibitors to those applications and then that helped it. Uh, in some situations where I was walking fields uh, 10, 12, 14 days after the application, you could still smell the UAN and the ATS, which that's never a good sign that many days after application where I'd have a little bit of concerns. Um, so, you know, if we were in some planned cidress applications, that might be something we want to come for if we're coming back. Or if we weren't planning on cidress, maybe we'll have to think about that. That'll, that'll be something we'll talk about here in coming episodes as well. But I think it's something that can't be ignored as we think about uh, those cidress applications. And Allie, when we come on a break, we'll jump into a few weed control uh, questions and we'll roll on from there. Welcome back listeners. So Josh, first segment, just nice discussion on planning progress, the dry conditions now bringing a little bit of rain back in the profile and a quick discussion on some surface applied end. But as we move into this segment, we have gotten a lot of questions on uh, pre's specifically, uh, obviously with the dry conditions that some folks were asking, should I, should I not spray? And then obviously the abnormally cool conditions playing into that as well. Uh, but here we are, it is time to get your pre's on uh, specifically um, you know, on beans, you look at, depending on when you were planted, some of those might be getting close to cracking through the surface. So just another reason we need to be keeping that uh, top of mind. But as you think about uh, pre's in general, whether it be corn or bean, beans, Josh, what are some of the key things that you're keeping uh, top of mind right now? Yeah, um, had a lot of questions on pre-merge, uh, especially with the dry conditions ahead of the rain, wondering is it something, is it even worth doing it if this dry? And is it something you know, like you said, we are there somewhere else concerned about the cold there for a while. And for the most part, and, and even as you think about this moving forward, I told everybody that called me, it's like, I would stay the course. If you were planning on doing a pre in your soybeans, especially, I would do the pre because we just don't know what the weather's going to do. And and I think we saw that where, you know, we're going to get this rain, you know, it was kind of up in the air. Yes, no, yes, no, in the days before. And, and now we got the rain. And I think for the most part, I think people did save the course as we were out doing plots and making rounds. I saw a lot of sprayers out there in the field. So I think we're sitting good and, and hopefully, um, you know, we're sitting good on that. Now on the flip side, if we didn't have our pre down in the beans ahead of this rain, I'm a little bit nervous. It was really warm to the weekend. We got some moisture. Uh, going to take a couple of days to get fit. So as you do go back out, if you do got some soybean pre's to do, just be really double checking, you know, what's, you know, how close are those beans to emerging? 
because obviously even if we got the neck out, we don't want to get herbicide on that. We can burn that neck and have some of those cotyledons break off. So just make sure now uh, on the bean side, especially just go out there, dig, just double check to make sure you're in good shape. And uh, especially if you had some beans that maybe in the ground for, for 10, 12 days, those would be the ones I'd be a little bit concerned about. Uh, Ellie, on the corn side of it, it's always a little less stressful uh, just because a lot of our, not all, not all, but a lot of our pre-products can also go on post-emerge if we are spiking through. Um, you know, it's not a big deal, but uh, you know, on the flip side, it's been so dry. I haven't seen a lot of weeds in the field. Now that we got some moisture, um, you know, I, I assume we'll probably start to see some of the annual weeds poke through. So it'll be important here as uh, we get dried up to get out there and get all those, those soybean and corn freeze done as quick as we can. And uh, yeah, get that sage stepped uh, for uh, to make sure we start cleaning and clean. Yeah. So I was just going to reiterate, you know, if you maybe happen to have both corn and soybeans planted without a pre-down, make sure you're prioritizing the soybean pre's, just knowing that most of those pre-labels would not allow you to apply once the soybeans have emerged. Um, and like you mentioned, corn having a little bit more flexibility there. So start with start with soybean pre's, prioritize those, and then move on down the line. Um, but Josh, I do think this kind of comes into, you, know, you talked about the dry conditions, and I think most folks, like you said, were staying the course, and we got that activating rain, which will help us move that herbicide into the soil. Uh, so wouldn't expect much degradation there. But I think, you know, that does remind us that especially on the bean side, we do have through R2 to, to apply and list to those soybeans in fields. Um, so I think it's just another reason that has me thinking of the exciting things in terms of the flexibility of enlist. And I thought because we're, we're putting a little time into some of the things we have coming with an enlist training site this summer, summer any quick overview you want to give there about what folks can expect as we, we move into the growing season? Yeah, uh, I, I think a couple things there. I, um, I want to spend a little bit of time on the, the training opportunity we have, but I also think it'll be important um, as we think about spraying soybeans this year. Um, we obviously have a pretty big volume of two different trait segments out there where there's a lot of a lot of growth in the Enlist D3 system, which we're really excited about a Pioneer, and there's still a lot of Round of Pretty to Extend beans out there. Uh, I know in some cases, some growers do use some dicamba early on some really post applications, but I just want to remind everybody, just double check, you know, you know, just double check what you had. Enlist, extend can sound a lot like uh, double check with your neighbors. Just try to understand what everybody's spraying. And uh, I know that's just something I'm, I'm maybe a little bit nervous about this year is just making sure that we don't make a mistake and uh, and accidentally maybe use the wrong chemistry. So that's one thing. But but no, on the enlist side of it, Allie, uh, down in Harmony, we're actually going to have a, a really comprehensive uh, a site there uh, showcasing some of the, the, the great things, the enlist uh, herbicide system. Uh, but also we're going to have some some demos there of a lot of different herbicide programs, looking at the performance of some of the new pre's. I'm hoping we 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 maybe get some Kyber laid down there as well, so growers can see that. Uh, we'll also get to see um, you know how these products are working on, on some some larger weeds and the postmers applications, and also I think there'll be some tank mix Liberty enlist as well. Uh, so just going to be a great way to to show some of the the new things that come to market. Obviously, an extremely flexible system, but. Uh, yeah, we'll be down there doing some measurements of that and uh, getting everything ready to go. But uh, yeah, I think we'll have a lot of grower events there and hopefully everyone can get out to see us there this summer. Yeah, so we're excited for that to come. I think anytime you can see a system in field, uh, whether, you know, if it's not your own, at least having somewhere close to go will be really nice for you all this growing so season. So excited to bring that to you. I think outside of that, Josh, uh, like you mentioned, we're just kind of in that countdown to emergence. Um, some corn just popping through, beans getting close. So once we get to that kind of that V2, V3 stage in corn, we'll be out there uh, manually assessing and then utilizing our drones for some nice aerial assessments as well. So we hope to be out on your farms that way, assessing your stands in a, in a modern, quick, efficient way. 
But certainly as you have any questions between now and then or anything else that comes up as we continue to wrap up the last little bit of planning here, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll be back in the next weeks with an update from the field. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060.